Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Morning, morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Steve. And uh, welcome, welcome to, uh, welcome to church. And a big welcome to Westside as well. Why don't we just turn around? Look at that camera on the, on the left and just give Westside a huge, huge wave. And now Battersea, turn around and give Battersea a wave. Hi, Battersea. Uh, on bank holiday this week, we've got quite a few bank holidays coming up, haven't we? Bank, yay. <laughs> Uh, bank holiday this week, I had the absolute privilege of visiting and praying for someone in the hospital. And um, my, my claim to fame is that I've, I've visited every prison in London. I'm starting to visit every hospital in London now, so that, that's a bit of an achievement. Um, last week, I, uh, on Monday, I went to, went to see a wonderful, wonderful woman. Uh, last year, Hanan and I, Hanan's our, our kids overseer, she's currently... Um, holding, holding the fort. When you see Hanan, either at Westside or Battersea or here, just encourage her. She's doing a brilliant, brilliant job at looking after all of our children and our families and caring for them across our site. So when you see her, give her a big high five or a hug or whatever else is appropriate and just thank her. Just thank her for, thank you for everything that she's doing. She's doing a brilliant, brilliant job. But anyway, last, last year we went to visit this lady who... Uh, her prognosis was bleak. She had about a year to live uh, due to cancer. And uh, we just, Hanan and I just, we just prayed our best prayers. Uh, I went to visit this lady on, on Monday and she'd had a CT scan um, just because of another condition. And her cancer, they found out for the first time that her cancer had shrunk so much that it's, it's, it, it shrunk less than it was a year ago. And so it was just, uh, just outstanding, just really outstanding. That, just hold, hold that, <laughs> hold, hold that, hold that thought. But she gave thanks to to the big JC upstairs. She just thanked JC for what he'd done for her. And as we hugged together, as we cried together, as we prayed together, she then described this yellow presence around her. Do I need to hold this a bit? Look. Uh, she just described this yellow light that was around her, uh, that was all around her. And so for her, it was this beautiful moment. I, on the other hand, I was, I was a bit grumpy on Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, I, I'd been suffering with um, some vertigo along the way. And... Um, in that moment, I was totally unaware of the Holy Spirit in the, in the ward. Um, but she was. I even asked the lady, is it good? <laughs> is this a good thing that's happening? I was totally unaware, if I'm honest. I was totally unaware that the Holy Spirit was there. <laughs> and I said, is it good? Because <laughs> everything in me wasn't good. I was grumpy, I'd vertigo. I hope it's not nothing I've given you. The Holy Spirit was around me, and I was totally unaware. 
what he was doing. I just didn't, I don't recognize his presence at times. Do you? Do you? Are you like me? Particularly in the car. If I'm in the car, I, my role is to educate people. <laughs> I'm never giving Jesus the wheel. That, that's my role, to educate people. And I do it really well. Vivek Battersea, uh, my wife, she might have difference of opinions about my driving. But I, I need... So on that Monday and through the week, I just needed my family, I needed my friends... I needed my church, I needed my God to remind me of this basic truth that the Holy Spirit's around me. Do me a favor, you're in church, so we all need to stand up and sit down in church. Why don't we all just stand up at Westside, at Battersea, this is what church is about. Put your hand in front of you and just turn around. Don't worry about hitting people, if people that you might want to hit, just turn around. As, oh gosh, as we've been learning, the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is where? At hand. That means, I'm just going to do this quite slowly. That means wherever we go, the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. Uh, Jesus at the beginning in Mark, he says the kingdom of God is near. Psalm 20, 23 says, if you think the Holy Spirit's just here, Psalm 23 says, uh, uh, mercy will follow me. So we've got mercy following us. We've got the kingdom of God around us. Later, You can sit down. You can sit down, by the way. It'd be quite fun to do a sermon where everyone stands up. Later on in Luke 17... Jesus goes further to say it's not only at hand, but it's within. The kingdom of God is within me. And so my attempt today is just to share some of the things I've, I've learned. And again, I've got a big L plate. Some things that I'm still learning about how to follow the Holy Spirit. Uh, and as we land this series today on the kingdom of God... My attempt is to help us be a kingdom people. My attempt is how do we become a kingdom people? You see, everything in the kingdom, it comes from the Father. Everything in the kingdom. Just turn to your neighbor and just say, everything in the kingdom comes from the Father. And everything in the kingdom is available because of Jesus. Just say that to your neighbor. Everything in the kingdom is available... Because of Jesus. Come on, Battersea, we're waiting. <laughs> Everything in the kingdom comes from the Father. Everything in the kingdom comes, is available because of Jesus. He came as a conquering king. As, he's the king of the kingdom and he came to conquer, to defeat the works of the enemy. To overthrow Satan. But did you know that everything comes to us through the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? Everything comes, everything in the kingdom comes to us through the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of God is the one who is land in the kingdom on earth today. And he does this by inviting partnership with him. He does this by invi inviting partnership with him. And so if your journey's like mine... Um, 
you'll need to spend some time actually getting to know the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Uh, he's a person, or I could say she's a person. Holy Spirit has personality. Holy Spirit talks. He has, Holy Spirit has preferences. He walks with us through life uh, in this supremely relational way. And his goal is to walk with us. And this is, this is what it's important to know. It's important to know that for me. Uh, but at times, uh, I see myself going through a formula. Jesus, what are, the, what are the magic words I can say to get this person healed? It, surely, Jesus, there's a phrase I can use. Um, what do I need to release the kingdom of God? Sure, give me a, give me a formula. We haven't got a keyboard here, but what's the, what's the Holy Spirit keys to release the Spirit of God? Turn to each other and say F sharp. <laughs> F sharp. Someone once said, Steve, what we need in the church is a fog machine. <laughs> True story. That will really help usher in. You know, I've seen it in my old church. That will really help. Um, that will really help the Holy Spirit. And I said, and I said this to them, and I've said this to a bunch of people, the day we buy a, a fog machine is the day I resign. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but seriously, seriously. How do we see people healed and delivered? How do we break down racism? How do we fight injustices in our society? How do we release people from poverty? How do we see marriages, relationships restored? Your married, married people here, your marriage, my marriage, how do we see breakthrough in marriages, freedom in marriages? How do we get free... How do you and I get free from our habits, from our passivity? These are the questions I want to know. And, and for Viv and I and others as we lead uh, this church, how do we become an Isaiah 61 church? How do we do that, God? These are the questions that I'm wrestling with. These are the big questions. Okay, here's some bad news before I give you some good news. Maybe. Maybe. Um, you might want to write this down. Thank you. God, God does not give us a formula. I'm really gutted. I'm really gutted. God doesn't give me a formula. What he does is he gives himself. He gives himself to us and ensures that everything we need comes through a relationship, through the Holy Spirit. That's why it says, seek first the kingdom. And some things will get added. Did it say that? Seek first the kingdom and you might get, you know, on a Monday you'll be all right. What does it say? What does it say, Batsy? Seek first the kingdom and all. I get it the wrong way around. I want the all before the seeking. I want the all. I just want freedom. I just want the breakthroughs. Oh, seeking the kingdom. That comes second. But Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will get added to you. Uh, let's open up the scripture, shall we? Uh, we're going to read from uh, John uh, 16. Verse, oh gosh, 
I'm really sorry about my font sizes. <laughs> really, really, really sorry. I've quite a, a large monitor in my office, and so <laughs> I'm really sorry. Let me read, let me read it to you. Uh, John 16, verse 5 to 15. Uh, John 16, 5 to 15. Now, I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I've so much, I've much more to say to you, more than you can bear, bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not only speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from, you, taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. All these things the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and I will disclose to you. This is the word of God. It's absolutely true. And it was given to us in love. This is the word of God. Amen. Okay, so what we're seeing here is that Jesus said it's better that he goes so that the advocate, the counselor, would come. You see, the story of the kingdom, as, as Mike started with, it begins in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures, um, where the Old Testament scriptures, the, the story of God through the Old Testament, the prophets saw a day coming where the Spirit of God would be present amongst all people. We see it in some of the prophetic writings. Joel see, says he prophesies that he, God would pour his Spirit on all flesh. You see, from the beginning, the Lord wanted to dwell, uh, inhabiting his people. From the beginning. Um, and then when Jesus took on the likeness of humanity, God, he limited himself, God limited himself to one physical uh, location at a time through Jesus. Jesus is saying here, but when the Spirit comes... When the presence of God comes, this is going to be available to all people. Then he goes on, there's other scriptures where he says, then you will receive power. And so with all this in background, the disciples were expectant, were ready for something new to happen. The same God that dwelt with Adam and Eve in Genesis, who tabernacled, whose presence was around them, who the prophets foretold that God was going to be... We were going to be the tabernacle of God. Jesus is now saying this is the time where God's presence is going to be poured out on all people. Here he's saying to his disciples, the spirit of God is about to be unleashed onto the, onto the world. The hovering presence of God, the same hovering presence of God that was over the waters before creation was now going to inhabit all people. 
Not only that, it's going to be poured out on all flesh. The presence of God inhabiting his people means that you and I are part of this new temple. We are the tabernacle God resides in. You and I. You and I, we reside in that. But what does that mean? Steve, this is all. Are you taking, taking us on a theological merry-go-round? Well, what does this mean tomorrow morning? What do I do with this? See, the biblical starting point, and uh, I want to propose, is an experience called being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. We are, maybe the next slide is here. Uh, we're repeatedly, we see this as a key reference for every believer on their journey in the kingdom of God. How we effectively partner with the kingdom of God, we see this experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So step one, the two steps here, really. Again, there's no formulas. <laughs> but if I could just have two steps. <laughs> two steps here. Um, we help people. As a church, my job is to help you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Salvation is the starting point. The resurrection is the starting point for you and I to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. My job is to make sure all of us, or as much as possible, are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we intentionally help you uh, to be filled. And that can happen before or after baptisms. Full water of baptisms. And it can happen through laying on of hands or, uh, or a personal encounter. Uh, and for me, I can pinpoint times where I've had people just pray for me, pray that I'd be filled with the Spirit, but also personally just have my own personal encounter with the Lord. Um, we encourage you to do that. The New Testament goes on further to say, and we're instructed to be filled, filled as soon as possible from conversion, but then also Paul says in Ephesians 5, um, we're instructed to be, to be continually filled. Be continually filled. Now, where we get stuck as Christians is we think about it as being empty like a cup. And we need a top-up. I need to go to this worship night to get a top-up. I'm feeling a bit empty. I need, I need a bit of a top-up. I want to I encourage us. I don't think what the New Testament is saying is... We're running a bit empty. Let's find that man of God who can pray for me. The New Testament isn't saying that. What, what I want to give is a bit of a, a, an analogy, really. Uh, as a boy, uh, many of us cel celebrated Christmas. As a boy, my mum would dig out from under the stairs the Christmas box. And uh, beginning of December, we would rummage through, the, through it. And, uh, and in there, I remember this snow globe. I remember this Christmas-themed snow globe, and I would get it out, and there was some kind of uh, winter theme on it. Uh, there's usually some kind of sculpture in the middle of it, or a picture in the middle, surrounded by this dome of glass. Uh, I'm going to show you what I brought today. Um, and then in there, there's water with flakes, plastic flakes, and then when you shake it, it's meant to produce this picture of a, of a snow uh, swirling around. Here... Here's what I've brought. Now, 
if you're at Battersea and you see this, don't, some of you prophetic types, please, I'm not, I'm not here to kind of bring a prophetic announcement about penguins. Uh, I spent about 10 minutes looking for the right thing that wasn't going to offend or bring, give me loads of emails. Um, it's just a picture of the snow globe. If you're at Westside, please don't start looking for scriptures where there's penguins. Um, please, please don't. And again, if you're at Balaam here, you could have had a unicorn. So be grateful, be grateful for that. I, I want to propose the analogy of being filled with the Spirit is more like this snow globe and less like uh, an empty glass of water. The experience of being filled with the Spirit is the equivalent to the shaking of the snow. It's the equivalent. The Spirit of God, God that dwells in us is stirred up to influence every part of us. He's no longer affecting just a portion of us. He's no longer dormant, but he, uh, he's permeating our entire being. Sorry, I haven't done well for the camera. So I was meant to hold this still. Again, no emails about penguins. <laughs> you see, the Holy Spirit is constant. He's within our spirit. Uh, but we don't always experience physical or emotional dimensions to this. Just because you don't shake during prayer doesn't mean that you're not experiencing the Holy Spirit. And be just because you are shaking doesn't mean that you're experiencing the Holy Spirit. Our job, and just like me on Monday afternoon, I was totally unaware that the Holy Spirit was there. It was just dormant. I'd other things on my mind. I wasn't activating the Spirit of God. You're tracking with me. Do you understand? Good. When we experience the Holy Spirit interacting with all the dimensions of our humanity, we begin to experience what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This often unlocks then the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It often unlocks the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So next time I'm in my car, instead of educating people, maybe I could just be a bit more edifying of people. <laughs> you see, it's not a one-time experience where you can look back and go, 2012, I experienced something. The Bible's clear. We're instructed to repeat, to constantly be filled so don't get caught up with that point of you know have I been filled have I not been filled like the snow it eventually settles um, our connection with the spirit often wanes and uh, and at that time so at that time in the hospital that was the perfect time for me to get activated again for my spirit for me to activate the spirit of God to remember, to remind myself who the Holy Spirit was, who I was in Christ. You see, all of us, we go about our lives and we're just getting started with this. As we, as we do this, uh, one of the best things to do to, to start with is just get someone to pray for you. 
there's something powerful when we obey Jesus' commands uh, to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, I cannot recommend enough our School of Kingdom Ministry for this. If you want to spend eight months learning, discovering more about Kingdom Ministry, being activated in the things of the Holy Spirit, I, ca I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, starts again in September. Again, this is not a sales pitch, but if I was you, I would do it. Um, <laughs> not a formula. But however long, you might think, be thinking now, when was the last time I was filled with the Spirit? When was the last time? Um, I just want to encourage you just to make yourself available in your personal time, but also in, in times like this. So at the end of our services, we're going to have a moment where we're going to encourage people to be prayed for and get filled again with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land in a little bit. I'm not going to tell you how long it's going to be. I've got 18 seconds. <laughs> I'm sure that was early. Uh, let's have the next slide. How can we become a kingdom people? Uh, number one, again, there are no formulas. <laughs> number one, can be continually filled with the Spirit. Number two, continually rest in God's love. Continually rest in his love. Everything that the enemy throws, throws at us, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's sickness, whether it's temptation, whether it's an accusation, uh, maybe it's through a, lob, a, a job loss, any kind of difficulty. Maybe there's a conflict in the home. It doesn't matter. Maybe somebody just doesn't like you anymore. Whatever. All these things come our way. Every single one of them are attempts to disengage us from the love of God. To prevent us from being activated in the, in the kingdom of God. Every single one of those are just attempts to keep us dormant. To somehow shut us off from the awareness of the one who loves us completely. 100% so fully. The enemy wants to keep you passive. He wants to keep you dormant. He doesn't want you to be filled. He doesn't want you to be activated. He doesn't want you partnering. The enemy is working through difficulty, through accusation, through temptation through sickness, all kinds of stuff, in order to disengage you and I from the love of God. Let's, let's just pretend there's no one else here. Can we just do that? Let's pretend we've just gone, gone for a walk. There's just no, no one else in the room. And I'm just talking to you head to head, nose to nose right now. I want to give you seven words that will change your life. You ready? Just lean in. Just lean in. Seven words that will change your life. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. The greatest reality in your life and in my life is the love of God. And if we're not aware of it, you're aware of too many other things. Thank you. I agree, I agree as well. <laughs> See, the single greatest reality in your life and in my life, in every person's life, is this unimaginable, uh, this uncomprehensible, 
this extreme expression of love. Do you remember, it's all around us. And it's reserved for you. And it's reserved for me. And if I'm not aware of it, which I often am not, if you're not aware of it, uh, we're to li- we live in an inferior, we live aware of the inferior. We live aware of the other things around us. If, let's talk about the love of God. God went to such an extreme to show you his love by sending his son to die for you. If the love of God is that extreme, and it's just for you, and it's just for me, these are the things that need to be dwelt on. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Okay, number three, last one. Last one is continually... If the first one is continually be filled with the Spirit, the second one is continually rest in the love of God. Number three is continually partner with what you see God doing, with what you see God initiating. Viv and I and our dream for V61 and for people who are part of this family, that we would play our part in in God's story of the kingdom. That's our dream, that you and I would play our part in the kingdom of God. As we live in this space between the kingdom now and the, and the coming, uh, the kingdom that we, we, we sometimes see and we sometimes don't, the kingdom that's coming in its all its fullness, we live in this space. We see ourselves as this church to, to be an Isaiah 61 people. Isaiah 61 Meditate on it. Look at it. We are anointed. We're called to carry the Spirit of God. We're here to preach and proclaim the good news, to set people free, whether they're in prison, whether they're in hospital. Uh, Isaiah 61 points to a place where us as individuals will rebuild cities. We'll rebuild people. We'll be ministers. We'll be worshippers. We're called to be oaks of righteousness, to be priests. Uh, for the Lord, to be priests on behalf of our, our workplace, to be pastors for our street, to be prayers for our community. We're called to be priests, and on and on and on. Our purpose is that God is in the transformation business, and we get to join in. That's who we are. That's what we would love, um, Viv and I would love, love this to be. We want this phrase to be portable for you and I, Monday to Saturday. We want you to take this phrase wherever you are. You can take this belief with you that God is in the transformation business and I get to join in. You can take this with you, whether you're on the bus to Wandsworth, while you're waiting for coffee, while you're dropping off your kids at the, at the gate, and a mom, you're talking to a mom, and she's opening up about whatever's going on. God is in the transformation business whether you're sat at a toddler group on a Tuesday morning, as you grab lunch with a colleague, as you sit around the dinner table, you see everyone, everywhere, and in every way, partnering with the kingdom of God. That's our, that's our vision for this church. Everyone, every way, partnering with the kingdom of God. Jesus says in, in John 5 that God is always at work. 
So we get to learn more and more about how to recognize our divine partner. God's always at work. We just get to recognize when he's, when he's at work around us. This is a lifelong journey that we want you to, uh, to be involved with. This is really good. Thank you for letting me share this with you because this is really good. You will never be able to say that God has finished his work in you. I know some of you are looking at me and going, there's just a tiny bit to go, Steve, for you. I know, I know some, I've, I've just got a tiny bit to go. I'm not. You, will ne- you and I will never be able to say, God has almost finished his work in me. Now, last thing I'm going to do, I'm going to talk to you head to head, nose to nose, lean in again. I want to give you seven words. I've given you seven words that could change your life. Let me give you seven words that could change someone else's life. Just lean in, come close. Seven words. Can I pray for you right now? Thank you. (laughs) Can I pray for you right now? It's the power to transform someone else's life. Can I pray for you right now? For me, there are no formulas, but this is the number one way that I've seen in my life to participate in God's transformation business. Can I pray for you right now? Okay. Why don't we stand? What I'm going to do is just going to welcome the Holy Spirit. Can I pray for you right now? Yes, thank you. At Westside, why don't we stand? Battersea, why don't we stand? And uh, before, we, before we get the worship team up, we're just going to invite the Spirit of God to come. We are the temple of God. So come, Holy Spirit. You and I are a temple of God. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.